0: She took off her ring I thought I'd get closer So I walked on over Sit down and ask her, her name When the drinks finally hit her She said I'm no quitter But I finally quit living on dreams I'm hungry for
1: Hey, ghoulish day to every single one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those awesome tunes that just went through the whole listening vessels. Well, that's my good friend, Bobby Mackey. And I, of course, am your host, Tessa Morrow. So as you know, every single week, every Monday, I come out with a new episode. I've never skipped a week. I don't plan to skip a week. It's kind of crazy this week, the last two weeks actually, I've been compiling notes regarding the Cecil Hotel and it's going to be a fantastic episode. And I thought I was ready for it to be out this Monday and it is not. (laughs) It's definitely a work in progress. And I actually have a friend's memorial to go to tomorrow. So there goes the last day. So I'm gonna come up with something fun and funky today. But I do just want to say that with this Cecil Hotel episode, you are going to hear, just like the Grey Friars episode, I had my good friend Andy on doing voiceovers. And I am gonna have a ton of cool voiceovers on this episode. And so I'm super excited about that. And if you or someone you know, is interested in doing future voiceovers for the episodes, you know, sometimes it's just like five seconds, 10 seconds, sometimes it's reading a paragraph, please let me know, as I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And I think you're going to enjoy hearing it. And you could hit me up at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. So one week ago, I actually published my second book. And it's so much fun. I'm naturally a writer at heart. I'm. It comes so naturally to me, it really does. I could write a 400-page book in just a few months. The self-publishing is a bitch. It is so hard for me. And people who've done this before will know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? So you write the book, you have it formatted exactly the way you want it, It's good. Everything is hunky-dory. Well, I go through Amazon as um, publishers, self-publishers can do that. They could go through several things and I go through Amazon. And so I get it back. And as a reader, this would bug me. It's at the very bottom of the page. All of a sudden you see chapter one, the whole top part is empty. And it's like, I know for a fact I did not do this. (laughs) Or that's just one example. But anyways, after five proof copies that I had to pay for each and every one of them, after five proof copies and endless hours of working and editing and redoing everything, I finally published my second book. And so I'm very excited about it. I'm very proud of it. It's the first of a series. And so basically... Since I am in the paranormal field and I've had so many contacts and new friendships throughout the years, people, one thing we like to do besides investigating, we like to, you know, we like to swap stories. it's like, oh, something like that happened to me, but I was here and this happened. And I just I love hearing people's stories. That's why I love having people on. Because it's not just me talking about the paranormal, it's other people. And you're you're hearing their accounts, their experiences and encounters. And you're hearing their investigations and the evidence that they have collected. And I think that's just absolutely fantastic. So with book number two, every single chapter is named after one person. And it talks about all of their stuff that they talk to me about. And that's why it's so neat because there's so many different stories compiled and they're all different. Some of them are, hey, grandma's still around, or some of them are more scary. Some of them are more aggressive. But with this book, you get all of that. And it's just so amazing. And so I thought that I would go through a couple of chapters and just read quick little experiences. And again, I'm sorry, this is just kind of like a random episode. Before I actually dig into a few of these stories, I kind of want to talk about the people that are in this book. And they are phenomenal. Of course, you have my good friend, Michelle Roselle. She is out of Cripple Creek she is fantastic she is the person to go to if you want to go to the outlaw and lawmen jail museum and investigate during the night that's the one that we just talked about a couple weeks ago that episode in cripple creek she's the girl to go to she's the one who has the connections my friend joe muso used to be in law enforcement he is phenomenal he works at a haunted aircraft museum here in my hometown of Pueblo, Colorado. Like, come on. How badass is that? Seriously. Then you got Sean Todd. He's awesome, too. He's the founder of Black Swamp Paranormal. And he has had so many interesting things happen to him. I've actually tried to get him on the podcast in the past. He was on my radio show a few times and life is just super busy he's unable to be on right now but i'm not giving up sean i will get you on eventually again he is not only a paranormal investigator but he's also investigated urban legends and different things like that and i mean it's just absolutely fantastic then you've got jerry and tracy polly they are awesome they are hillbilly horror stories podcast and and that podcast is awesome actually Jerry and I had a conversation before I started this he knew that I had the radio show before as he was a former guest and his wife Tracy and it was neat I I told him Jerry I'm thinking of doing this podcast thing jumping on board please help me out give me any tips or advice and he did and I really appreciate him doing that because I know he's a busy guy Then you got one of my bestest friends, Angie Velasquez. She's been on my radio show and podcast. She's had so many things happen to her and her home is extremely haunted. She's had so much stuff go on there from a phantom cat to demonic things and just so much more. And she's my tombstone gal. We've gone to tombstone together last year. We're going again this year. So she's definitely a keeper. (laughs) Then Leif Manson, he is one of my bestest friends. He's my childhood friend. I've known him for, for years, and he is just a total sweetheart. He was actually on Survivor before. He is the only little person who's ever been on Survivor, and to me, that is fucking, like, rock star status right there, for sure. Then you got Ian Varo and Anthony Stringfellow, both of them being with Residential Haunting and... They both are in the England area, in like the south coast of England. Just absolutely phenomenal dudes. They investigate people's homes, and they try to bring them closure and answers, and they go back to these people and really help them. And they even have a medium with them to kind of help communicate even further than their tools can. And so I always thought that was really, really neat. Then you got Kim O'Shea. She is with Cork Supernatural Society. And she's in Ireland. And she's a doll. She actually edited my first book. She's just a great person. And I told her, you know, you've done this before. On my third book, can I just pay you to self-publish it for me? And she said, sure. (laughs) So maybe my next book will come out a lot quicker. Because this book, number two, sat on the back burner for like two and a half years and I'm so embarrassed to say that I'm sure some of the people in this book were like oh shit I forgot I was even in this book <laughs> but you are and it's out and boom now people are reading it <laughs> and then Mark Arvilla with Mass Ghost Hunters Paranormal Society and founder of Salemcom he is a cool dude out of Massachusetts and he's had a lot happen to him and he's always a fun person to talk to for sure And then there's Lauren Sheridan. She is out of Tennessee and she's an absolute doll. And I always have fun talking paranormal things with her as well. And then, of course, I've got to give credit to my sister, Casey, for just helping me out. She edited this book. And I have to say, with the self-publishing, I put on there, like for my first book, okay, editor is edited by Kim O'Shea. Second book, okay, edited by Casey Morrow. But for some bizarre reason, it doesn't show on here. So I always put it in acknowledgments because I don't think that's right. Because I write it in there. I don't know why it doesn't show up. So anyways, to my editors, you guys are awesome. I love you. I appreciate you. You're not forgotten. I know you worked your butts off for this book and these books, Paranormal Prowler series. So and I also need to give a shout out to my dad. He was so awesome. And when I felt like I was going to gank my hair out, he helped me a lot with the extra editing process and helping me with self-publishing so when you read this book paranormal prowlers who blew out the candles you're hearing about true accounts every single word in this book every story it's happened to somebody it's happened to the people that you're reading about you're going to read about attachments and attacks and Friendly sentimental moments and oh my god, did that really happen moment and just so much more So the first one that I want to read is from Sean Todd's chapter The spiritual monk Sean writes
0: I had a best friend who was a non-believer. We got a chance to investigate There was a Nazarene orphanage several years ago. but I'm sure of the dates but somebody killed several of the kids and started a fire. It sat abandoned for many years. It was all boarded up and they were getting ready to convert it to office spaces. We got a chance to go into this place the night before they started construction. We asked for the keys and they told us there are no keys, but that there's a loose board in a window and we must get in through there. We climb in and we get into this place and it's so dusty all the furniture and whatnot. Well, we are in the hallway and we look ahead and it looks like a monk in a robe staring right at us. We stood there, we're watching, we were speechless. Suddenly the arms spread out on this thing and it rushes us. We both ran and we jumped through the window that we came in through. I ended up breaking my ankle and my arm Hurt some ribs as well. Well, he's a firm believer now. (laughs) I've converted a few.
1: And Sean's chapter is actually one of the longer ones because he was on my radio show so much that we had them all compiled. And so it's very interesting all that he shares. If you read his chapter fully, I mean, he talks about urban legends and investigating them and getting evidence out of them and just totally so many different things the next thing i want to read comes from my friend angie velasquez's chapter and this one is kind of a super sweet little story and it's titled forever young there's one experience that i really enjoy talking about because it was really sweet it was a very long time ago. My oldest son, he was only five years old at the time. So it's been about 26 years. My husband and I had taken the kids out for pizza where they were given helium balloons. Well, we got home rather late and you know, I got the kids ready for bed and my oldest son, he wanted to play and take his balloon up to the bed. And my husband tells him, no, you play around too much at night, kiddo. You leave it here in the living room and you can have it in the morning. Well, my son, he was not happy about that. The kids, well, they go off to bed and my husband and I just stood in the kitchen talking. And out of the corner of my eye, one of the balloons bounced from the ceiling. Then it went back up. To me, it looked as if a small child was trying to grab the string and was missing and kept trying to get it. Well, this happens four times. Then we noticed the balloon come down about halfway and then it just floated through the living room and down the hall without touching any of the walls. It turned and went into the kid's room about three feet in and that's where it stayed. It wasn't too far from where my son was sleeping and I joke around with my husband and saying to him, why don't you try to explain this to me? He had an explanation for everything that seemed to be paranormal and he could not explain this incident. And I thought it was sweet. I believe it was a small spirit of a child bringing the balloon to my son, trying to make him happy. That balloon was being guided down that hall. And again, Angie has had a ton of things happen in her house. And she's definitely a paranormal warrior, that gal. So the next thing that I want to read comes from my friend Kim O'Shea, my friend and editor and fellow paranormal investigator, and it is titled Full-Bodied Apparition at the Abbey. Matthew, our team leader, caught a picture of a full-bodied apparition in an old abbey. It's very close to where I live. It's an amazing picture. It's a very big man, and you could clearly see him in the photo. I wasn't there that night. I couldn't go. My mom was very sick. The abbey is fairly enclosed. If there's someone there, you would find them. The team they searched everywhere and they could not find anybody. There was a massive newspaper and social media campaign done on this photograph. It was covered very extensively in the media. People were asked to come forward if they knew who this man might be, or if they were the man, or if they knew anything about it. We hoped someone would come through saying it was their grandfather, or it's such-and-such. We never were able to find out the man's identification. Taking the measurements of the graves that are in the middle of the abbey and the size of the full-bodied apparition, he must have been a really, really big man. We're talking nearly seven feet tall. He seemed like a farmer guy or something. We have no idea who this guy is, but he is clearly in that photograph. And so I need to say something like when she told me about this, it made me think about my time when I was at Birdcage Theater where, you know, like there's the Mariah, there's the viewing casket, and then there's this kind of like display case. And at the time I was there by myself And I was taking pictures and I took a picture of the Mariah and the display case. And later on, I was looking through my pictures again, you know, because I'm not like staring at every single picture as I'm taking them. So I look at them and there's this really tall man. And to me, he looked like a farmer and he had a white shirt on and his hair was kind of messy. And he was he was huge, like he was tall. Anyways, he had these like bluish overalls on. And they were all tattered and torn and old. And it was really, really cool. But when she was telling me this, that popped into my mind. And the last insert of the book that I want to read right now is from Lauren Sheridan. And it's titled A Visit from Layla. My first memorable experience with the paranormal happened when I was 11 years old. My great-grandmother had just died, literally that day. And... I was lying in bed trying to fall asleep. I was sad. A ton of things were going through my head and I just couldn't fall asleep. I rolled over onto my stomach and put the blanket over my head in an attempt to drown out the noise from the rest of the house. I took deep breaths and I tried to relax. Suddenly I heard a kind of like shh sound, shushing sound. But it was repetitive, like someone trying to shush a baby from crying as they rocked it back and forth. Shh, shh, shh. I froze. My Layla used to do that to me when I was little. I slowly turned over and sat up, expecting to see her there. But the room was empty. I lied back down, my heart racing, and I tried to process what I had just heard. I soon fell asleep she'd comfort me. And to this day, I wonder if she's still looking after me. Ah, uh, you know, I've had that happen too. Just the comfort of the validation that a loved one is possibly there. And it is. It's a unique, great feeling that I wish everybody could go through, knowing that, hey, I'm not alone. So-and-so's here looking after me. I miss them, but they're still here. Not physically, but spiritually. And that that's a special you know, friendship and relationship too. So again, you guys, if you are interested in getting this book, let me know. Email me, paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com or you can find me, Paranormal Prowlers, on Facebook. It's a fantastic book and I'm actually working on a, you know, second of that series right now. So another thing, if you have some stories to tell, Whether it's you being on this podcast or you being in book number three, let me know. I'm all ears. I love hearing all that stuff. So I hope you enjoyed the sneak peek of my book, newly released, of Paranormal Prowlers Who Blew Out the Candles. And again, if you're interested in doing any voiceovers for me when it comes to future episodes, please let me know. I already have a list of people and it's kind of cute because so many people, they're like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And they did it and they messaged me back saying that was funner than I thought. It was fun playing make believe or pretend or, you know, in Cecil's case, in the Cecil Hotel's case, it really had to do with either being an angry reviewer or newscaster plunging on the death of a woman from 640 Main Street. So really fun stuff. You guys are not going to be disappointed when you hear that stuff. And if you think, hey, that might be something I'm interested in. Let me know. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can listen to Paranormal Products Podcast on any of them podcast platforms by going to any of them, such as Podbean, Player FM, Overcast, Castbox, Spotify, Podcast Republic, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you roam to listen to your other phenomenally phantom podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers Podcasts lurking in the background, my pretties. This week's special city shoutouts go to Marksville, Louisiana, Lancaster, California, Elizabethtown, Kentucky, Dallas, Texas, and Perrysburg, Ohio. You guys, thank you as always. It is absolutely greatly appreciated. You guys are phenomenal. It means so much that you take time out of your day, night, evening, twilight, morning, whatever, to listen to me chat all things paranormal. Be sure to check out the newest episode next Monday.
0: See you next week.